Welcome to the Flix Forum podcast with Jesse Heater and MJ. This week we are looking at Netflix's 34th film, the 2017 war drama Sandcastle. It's directed by Fernando Coimbra. It stars Nicholas Holt, Logan Marshall Green, Henry Cavill, Glenn Powell, Bo Knapp, Neil Brown Jr., and Tommy Flanagan. Hello. Hey, Very mate. good introduction, Jesse. How you doing? Very good. This is this is a pretty long cast list again. So. <laughs> I was thinking that, but I'm like, you know what? They're all pretty long. They are. Yeah. Are you, you going to set some sort of rule in place? Like, this is a point now. I get it when you're talking about next week's film and you haven't seen the film. Yes. Now you've seen the film. You didn't do you want to just cut many. it down to, like, who <laughs> I, I feel the main like, guys? No, no. This, I feel like they are all the main yeah, people. Yeah, this is probably a bad example, actually. <laughs> was, yeah, horrible example. Yeah, because there are a lot of, there actually are a lot of quite important characters in this well yeah yes okay we'll see how we go we'll see how we go I'll, I'll think about that for next week right? we'll see how we go I'll, I'll keep that in the back of my mind but very well done so we always kick off our show with a thing that we call fast flicks where we go around and do a quick little summary of the film or our thoughts on the film so heater go for it alright during the Iraq war a small team of American soldiers are sent to an Iraqi village to fix their water supply that was destroyed by American forces the team are met with a mixed reception and matters quickly escalate from the locals who don't want them there. Mm. Hmm. Yeah, that's the plot. Good. MJ? Uh, it's a thoughtful so. war drama that tries to put you in the shoes of what it's like to be on the front line. From the friendships to the victims and the boredom to the loss, it's 360-degree view on this whole experience. Good. All right. And I've gone a group of US military personnel work towards restoring water to a community during the 2003 Iraqi conflict. Mm. Mm. Specific. Very specific. Do they, do, they, do they say it's 2003 in the film? They sure do. There's a couple yeah, of... Um, they do call. Yeah, texts on the screen with 2003, yeah. March, whatever it is, months. Oh, that's right, because you, that, that starts when he breaks his hand and, yeah, yeah. and you figure yeah. out how long it's gone past. All right, so... Um, Should we do a spoiler alert? Yeah, spoiler yeah. alert. If you haven't seen the movie <laughs> Sandcastle um, and you'd like to see it, Please look away now. Now, please, please uh, watch it before you listen to us because we are going to go through and spoil it. Just Good. press pause and come back. Yeah, <laughs> come back in two hours. Yeah. <laughs> I think hopefully if you're listening to us, you'd know that uh, we're probably going to ruin the movie. But if you just enjoy the dissection of film and listening to our voices, then please continue. Yes. All right. So we like to have a look at anything that we've learned about a film or anything we've seen about the development of the film, how it was made. Anyone want to kick us off? I actually haven't checked this. This is just off the top of my head. Is this the third war film that we've done as a Netflix original film? Behind this, this is. So Beast of, Man, of No Nation and The, the Siege, Siege of Jeddabil. Yeah. Yeah. There was not another one, was there? Uh, no. So one, This so is the third. Nearly good. one in ten. Yeah. It's a good ratio. <laughs> I like it. So the movie is based on true events and the experiences of the film's writer, yeah. uh, Chris Rosner, um, during the Iraq War. Based loosely. Loosely, very oh, loosely, yeah. On his experience. Yeah. So they said he was inspired to write the screenplay for the film uh, when he watched Platoon, Oliver Stone's Platoon, yeah. while he was in Iraq. So what a great imagine, movie. <laughs> imagine being in war and, and you're like sitting there with your army mates just sitting around on TV watching Platoon. Watching like, yeah, let's do this. Jack, jack yourselves up. <laughs> Jeez, that'd be oh, wow. good. Oh. <laughs> And then him to have the presence of mind to be like, I'm going to write a movie about yeah. war. <laughs> Crazy. What, anything else that we, we saw? Um, filmed in Jordan? Yeah. Mm. I've, Which, I've, yeah, I thoroughly liked the, the location for this film. There were some good, good sets. That was one of the things that at the start I was like, I really want to see where they filmed this because it felt real. Mm. It did. And I think probably a lot of that comes to do with the fact that Chris Rosner... 
not only wrote the film based on his own experiences, he was also executive producer, I believe. Um, so he had a pretty big part to play in the way this film was made up, the way it looked. Um, and I think one of the things that I really liked about the film is that there were times where they were talking about nothing in particular and, and there was no fighting or war or nothing was really going on, but you were still part of that world and, and into that world. And I think one of the quotes I found from Chris Rosner is that he says, sometimes you fight and die and turn the ship just one degree and that is what war is. So yeah, things like a platoon or any of the you know, Black Hawk Down or all those big war films... A lot of stuff happens in those films, but sometimes, yeah. I mean, majority of probably people's experience at war is, I did a lot of stuff that meant a lot to me, but in the big scheme of things, mm, didn't yeah. really do anything. So, I like that. I like that look on it, and that obviously comes from the fact that you know it's written by a bloke who was who was there. Yeah. Um, the director, so only so his his second feature film, Fernando Cumbra, was that what his name is yeah. Uh, second feature, he uh, he had directed a few episodes of uh, Narcos, though. I, I did see that. One of my one of my favourite shows. He's done four episodes of that, so that was exciting to see. And the, his first film was called A Wolf at the Door, and it was a Brazilian film. So, mm. um, and obviously Narcos focuses a lot on the, on the drug um, cartels and, out in South, South America. America as well. So mm. this is obviously one set completely away from uh, South American surroundings, I guess. Yeah. The other thing I saw, so Glenn Powell is that loud, proud sort of. Chutsky. Chutsky. Chutsky, yes. Um, Sergeant Chutsky. We'll probably talk about Chutsky a little bit later on, but he put on 20 pounds in three weeks to play his role. It's impressive. It's huge. Very impressive. Pounds in kilos. What's... Oh, (laughs) Three pounds to a kilo? (laughs) I think. Three pounds to a kilo. Roughly? Three and a half pounds to a kilo, maybe? It's a lot of meat that he would have eaten, or chicken or whatever you do. So he put on six or seven kilos in 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 three weeks. Three weeks. That's yeah. nuts. To all the listeners, just don't hold me to that conversion. <laughs> I, I think it's around now, but d- d- yeah, don't hold me to it. Uh, and the other thing was Luke Evans was yeah. cast, um, but dropped out and was replaced by Logan Marshall Green. So. Yeah, he was cast as our Sergeant Harper. Yeah. Anything else that we saw about this film? Uh, the the script was on the 2012 blacklist of screenplays. I did see that, yeah. Um, I think we haven't seen a, a blacklist script for a while, but... Um, so that was back in 2012, and then mm. the principal photography of the film began late 2015, and then it was May 2016 when Netflix acquired the rights, um, which was then distributed on Netflix in April yeah. April 2017. Yeah, Netflix got the rights in May 2016. And so then... So almost a year? Yeah. Before so they, releasing yeah. it? But I wonder how much of the film was completed. Yeah, it was complete. Yeah. So they reportedly paid around thirteen mil for the rights for this. So this was a this was probably a, a bigger film for Netflix to yeah. to pick up. And I guess when you've got Nicholas Holt as the star, yeah. um, he's probably one Henry of the big, Cavill involved as well. Henry Cavill probably some of the biggest bigger names that they've had on Netflix to mm. this date. Yeah. Um, the critical consensus was. Not great. Not great. No, not forty-four percent on Rotten Tomatoes, but only on sixteen reviews. Hmm. <laughs> I think the uh, audience score on there was forty-two percent as well. Yep, on only on five hundred, bit over five hundred. Yeah, yeah not, not many people had seen. Yeah, thing. and even on IMDb, six point three on bit over fifteen thousand. Yeah. Fifteen thousand heaps though. On IMDb, it is. Yeah. Compare that to the bloody forty yeah. you get on Rotten yeah. Tomatoes. Then going to Wetterbox as well, it was two point nine out of five from twenty-seven hundred ratings. Hmm. So. What high score on IMDb compared to the other ones? Even like a Wetterbox that works out to like a, what, a 4 point, no, 5.8. Mm. Yeah, not it's not a bad score. Yeah, not too bad. Not yeah. Too bad. Yeah. 
Average so-so? I often think, like, I know we're talking about mm-hmm. Rotten Tomatoes, and, like, it's got such good cred in the industry, and I guess that's a lot of it's because it's it's film reviewers. It's for the and it's for the popular people, right? Yeah. It's for the populace, like, that, you know, you can chuck it on the front of a poster and be like, certified fresh on Rotten I know. Tomatoes. That's, that's all it is, really. But have a look at IMDb's numbers. Everyone in the world uses yeah, IMDb, whether I mean, they use it for I, ratings or not. I but couldn't care less about a Rotten Tomatoes score in a movie. Like, I, this I, is I, funny. I, I'd much prefer to look at an IMDb or a Letterbox rating. And I reckon there needs to be some sort of rule, too, that if it's only got 16 reviews, how can you... Yeah. Like, I, yeah. I don't the, get how you can come up the, with a percentage. The audience, I think, ratings also, the formula for that, I don't think, really reflects it well enough as well. That might be something I'll look up this week. Well, because it... I think for, for an audience to like it, you, they have to give it like three and a half stars out of five. So forty for like a 42% approval rating is that means that 42% give it a three and a half out of five. Like That's a, a high score. A three star is still a good movie. Yeah. Like if I, I like movies and if, if, if I give a movie a three star, that's still a good movie. So, I mean, that, that wouldn't, like if, if I was doing a three star movie, that wouldn't be counted in this audience score. Yeah. So three and a half is very high. Mm. True. All right, so should we sort of get back to the film a little bit, I guess? Yeah, sure. Yeah. And, and still we got all those people who are getting annoyed at home, uh, it's nine kilos. 20 pounds is nine kilos. <laughs> and people are going, why do they even say this? Why do they just look it up? Yeah, I looked it up. It's nine kilos. It's all right. <laughs> all right, good. So, so I was just a little bit off. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good effort. What are our, what are, before we get into it a little bit more, what are our early thoughts on the film? What, what, is, what are some things? Hater, give us your early thoughts. Uh, Hater is our, our resident war film. Well, yeah, I, so literally I wanted to know, the first few minutes I was like, okay, Hater's in. And then... After the first 10 minutes, I wasn't too sure, so I want to know. So, yeah, I said, I love my war, my war movies, and Jesse, you are right. The first few minutes, I was in. Yeah. <laughs> and then I fell a bit out as the movie went on. It was I, I thought the movie was okay. It's just a bit slow and boring for my liking. That is what I liked about it. Yeah? So, that's yeah. why I, I liked the fact that this film was about what I, I, I think of, like, as the futility of war. Mm. There's so much things that happen in this war situation where nothing happens. And one thing that the director does really well is he really lingers on a lot of these shots. Oh. <laughs> what? No, I'm looking forward to talking a bit later on. <laughs> no, I, he, he, okay. it always it always may it makes you expect that something's going to happen, right? You're in a war situation where you're walking uh, in, in dangerous territory, and for some reason, this shot is hanging on for longer than it should be. You're like, oh, he's going to get shot. Well, something's going to happen here, and he did that mm. really well. And I think. Um, it probably would replicate what it must feel like to be in those quiet, quieter moments of war and that sort of yes. always on edge. So I guess, yeah, I was kind of the opposite of that and that all those yeah. kind of long drawn out scenes, I was just kind of like, nah, this, this isn't I thought, for me. I like, thought you would I mean, I, I still thought the movie was okay. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, sorry. I, I, I didn't think it was bad, but I, it's just, I mean, you know, when, when I say I love war movies, you know, I love what we talked about before, the Black Hawk Downs, yeah, the yeah. Platoon, Saving Private Ryan, I love those ones. So this one was just a bit like, a bit slow and meh yeah, for yeah. me. This was the uh, the Hurt Locker type war. Yes, movie, which yes. I would say. Which I must say, favorite. I actually really do like the Hurt Locker though. Hurt Locker was good for a mm. whole host of reasons. Oh, that's a great movie. Yeah. Uh, what, what do you think, Jesse? The the first the first few minutes or so, I was like, okay, this this could be alright. You're, yeah. you're in with me. I was in with you, and I was like, okay, this is Heath's gonna love hang this. On, and was, then, hang on, just refresh me. What was the first few minutes? So the that first you guys few really minutes liked? is when Nicholas Holt goes and smashes, smashes his hand. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. he's got kind of the voiceover, smashes his hand in, and then. No one knows starts playing, and I'm like, yeah, all right, I'm in. Yeah, this okay. is good. The, yeah. This the is Queen good. of the Stone Age song. Yeah, that, and when yeah, no one came knows, in, I was like, oh sweet, okay, yeah. this, this is like, going to be up. He, he just yeah. smashed his hand in a door, and and no one knows he's playing. I'm like, yep, I'm in. This is good. good okay, start. yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. I and then ten minutes yeah. go by, and I'm like, okay. Now I'm I'm getting a little bit bored, yeah. and then the first half hour I was like, there's no action really. In the first half hour of the film, there was literally yeah. no action. 
My argument almost was by the end there was too much action because I thought they were trying to say something. They were trying to tell a different sort of story. Yeah, okay. I found it really hard not to compare this to the Siege of Jadaville. Really hard. So different. Not okay. So I don't know how I rephrase that, but maybe it's just because we're looking at this through the the Netflix lens. But I felt like similar. You've got your instead of Jamie Dornan, you've got your Henry Cavillors or your you know your Logan Marshall Greens. You've got these bigger sort of actors. Whereas this film probably could have been more. Um, I don't know if you if you cast people that aren't as well known, maybe it's more impactful rather than these people that you're familiar with those faces. Yeah, in, that, in that sense, maybe yeah. The yeah. films the films are very different. Though, oh, I'm in, not in, trying mm, to compare yeah. them plot wise or anything like that. Or mm. but I, I don't know, just that whole yeah. We'll get to it. Yeah. We'll keep well, I guess we can almost talk about characters. Yeah. Yeah. Which is Go for it. Be a really good segue. Well, you know, I, I was going to talk about Nicholas Holt, but let's let's start with. Um, Henry Cavill's character, just because you, you kind of mentioned that. Captain Syverson. Syverson. So, firstly, uh, good beard. I, I Good beard. He was refreshingly unrecognisable in this Henry mm. Cavill. I'm not saying like you couldn't look at his face and yeah. tell that it was him. I've just never seen him play that sort of character. Like mm. Superman and like Man from Uncle, he's this clean cut, polite, yeah. really savvy guy. This guy was disheveled and aggressive and rude, and I just I loved it. I, and you talk about them being a big movie star in it. It didn't feel like Henry Cavill was a big movie star in this, and that was nice. I know we're talking about characters, but I sorry, I thought, I, yeah, I, I thought he was horrible. I, yeah. I thought his accent was really bad. Accent was interesting, definitely Re- interesting accent. Like, I get his apom, like you know, everyone knows his apom, but like to me that accent was horrible, and I just thought it was just chucked in there. It was like a nothing role. But it was. That's the thing. It, it almost was a nothing role. Yeah. He comes he in like that big forty-five minutes in, yeah, and he's for ages, super isn't. minor, even when he's in. He's it. got kind of a few one-liners, yeah. that are a bit funny here and there, and that's it. I, I guess I, I, I really liked him. I wanted a lot more of him. I, I, I wasn't fast. I kind of finished the movie going, oh, I wish I had had more scenes yeah. with uh, with Captain Cybers and Henry Cavill because like, yeah, I, I really enjoyed him in the movie. But I don't think the character. It probably wasn't was, needed more. It, no, yeah. it wasn't needed more, but I just enjoyed him on screen. He made like, such an impact on me. I, uh, in all my notes, I was wrote Superman the whole time because I couldn't even didn't even pick up on his name. That's, you, should, that's, you should watch the movie more closely. Then I was watching it pretty closely. Cyberson, <laughs> but I <laughs> the character itself was, and I, that's what I kind of like that he took this role that he was an absolute meat axe. I didn't like. I know we all know he's big, but he is <laughs> he, he huge. was huge. Um, but yeah, I, I just enjoyed the fact that he didn't feel like a movie big movie star, mm. and, I, and that was refreshing to me. But. Nicholas Holt, on the other hand, and let's sorry, let's talk about Private Madoka as a as a character. This is a pretty significant character journey, um, and it starts from the very start where you mentioned how he shoves his hand into the mm. to break his hand in the car door because he doesn't want to be there. Um, he's isolated, he's lonely, and by the end of the film, he's basically breaking rank to try and stay and fight. Yeah. Um, and I like that sort of message that that's probably the result of what war can do to a man and what it can bring out of a man from a guy who didn't want to be there and was trying to do what he could to get out of there mm-hmm. to you can't take me out of this place. So um, kudos on, on, on quite a nice character story there. So, so I, the, like we spoke about before, the opening, where he, the opening where he smashes his hand in the door, that was the most I felt from the whole film. Mm. That was the only time that I felt from him in that whole film. The rest of it I was just like... I didn't believe him. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of similar to you in that I, I I kind of enjoyed that. Yeah, and he smashed his hand in the door, and I really kind of liked that development that he gets to the end, and he's basically fighting. He wants to say that that was a really good development of how he got there, but just kind of 
throughout the film, I guess kind of the, the, the way I view the film, I was just still a bit meh about him throughout yeah, the film, like that's... the character. Like yeah, the, the, the start and end scenes with him, were, were, he was great. But then just throughout, I, I was a lot more attached to, um, to Logan Marshall Green's character yeah. than I was to his character. So I've, I, and I, I had the opposite because there were all these really prolonged shots just on his face, trying to show the emotion of where he was at, what he's thinking, like he's reflecting, whatever he's doing. And to me, because I didn't care about him as a character, it did my head in. Mm. I, I tend to agree the emotion side of things. I didn't, I didn't feel a huge emotional connection to him, but his initial reactions to war probably would reflect what mine would be if I was in that situation. Oh, right? yeah. Yeah. Um, and therefore, he kind of became like my tour guide for the film. Um, hmm. So there was a relatability to him, whether it was emotional resonance. Uh, I don't think he quite got there with me, but I felt that Nicholas Holt as an actor slowly warmed into the role once the character sort of got more climatized with the situation, uh, took more responsibility, and, and he actually got a chance to shine a little bit. And I just, I, I actually just enjoyed, I, I enjoyed Matt Oka, and I enjoyed following him, and he felt like a real leading man. Even though, yeah, sorry, even though the emotion might not have been there from me, but mm. it was something that I just, I, 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 it kept me in this whole film. And I guess I was looking at it through that lens of the, the futility of war. Yeah. yeah, but but also, like, I, I picked up really earlier that this, this movie is going to be about some of the quiet times of war and dealing with smaller things that you don't actually see on screen. And I enjoyed mm. that. And as I said, when things started getting a bit hot and heavy, I was like, whoa, where's this going? I wasn't expecting this. <laughs> I, I couldn't deal with Burton. So Burton's this character. The first Which time Burton? Burton's the um, he's played by Bo Knapp or Knapp. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, yeah. So I thought that the setup for him early on was that he was gonna he was gonna get die or get really injured mm-hmm. really early because the first time you meet him, it's like oh he's got man- anger management issues, and then you know and then the next thing you hear about him is these characters having a discussion about um, I think it was on the rooftop. Um, Oka was talking uh, to Harper and he's like, you know, oh, his, um, his dad, you know, talks about there's a bullet for everyone. I'm like, this is obvious that he's going to cop a bullet or he's going to cop something. And then when they're getting ready in the truck, him and um, Enzo, they're like having this chat. Oh, you know, we're there for each other. We're gonna, it was like this big set off to say, hey, he's going to, it's going to. Yeah, yeah. And he's, I don't know. I just didn't. So that was actually one of my favorite lines. <laughs> really? Um, <laughs> talking about my, my, bullet for everyone. my bullet is coming for me. Um, and I just, I, I think to me that that told a nice story of the different mindsets of war. war. Yep. So you've got guys who are doing whatever they can to stay alive and stay safe, and he's just like, "Dude, if my if my time comes, my mm. time comes." And that was like perfectly juxtaposed when they're all ready to go this mission where they didn't have to go, but they chose to go because mm. they felt obliged to go. And he's just like, "Whatever, let's do it." And if I die, I die. Mm. And Oka's just kind of like, "Well, I kind of want to not be here." Yeah, I, I like that that difference. This is a, a very good different <laughs> yeah. reading of a film. Uh, Don't get me wrong; I didn't love this film. Yeah. It was it was so, just some nice things. So, what do you think of the the Sergeant Harper then, <laughs> Logan Marshall Green's character? Because I, I, I really liked him. I thought he was really good. I, he was probably the, my favorite character in terms of yeah the story and following him. I, I liked his arc. I like the stuff kind of with that. Uh, you know, you can tell that he's battling with things back home and he's trying to lead these guys. I, I liked his character a lot. Yeah. I, I thought he was a good leader, and they mm. they showed that he was a good leader through mm. his relationships. That he, he showed had. a lot of a lot of 
empathy towards Madoka as well, which is really good because... Initially, no one else did. Yeah, yeah, and Madoka needed it because he obviously he was struggling yeah. being there. I liked that, but I, on the other hand, I didn't like the way that they dealt with his relationship with home as well. Yeah. It's, it's sort of like there were two calls that he made and, you know, the first one, he gets through the, the voicemail or whatever to his fiance, and then the second one, he's obviously upset because he's crying and Oka walks in on him, sort of sits there. And, you know, I thought this was the perfect opportunity to expand on that a little bit. I agree. It went nowhere, didn't it? Yeah, they were sitting there on the rooftop together, and it's a perfect Mm. chance for Ogre to just say to him, hey, what's going on home, you know, and they just left it. And I was if you're building this like for this character of Harp and you want to feel for him and you want to be like, you're a great leader, you need to have those mellow parts where he explains, hey, I do have some stuff going on somewhere else as well, and they just didn't explore it. That's fair. I agree, and I I think that's probably the one thing. So I I did... I did relate to Oka. I think Sergeant Harper felt really safe and really reliable, and that's cool, but he didn't feel real. Um, and that's probably definitely the one thing that was missing. And I wonder if they kind of did that in a sense that at the end when Matt Oka gets sent home, he doesn't want to go home, and Sergeant Harper gets set off to his next mission effectively. Yeah. And this is the guy that probably needs to go home and, and sort his personal yeah, life exactly. out. And yeah, then, no, that's not how it all works. Yeah. Like, I, I, that's the only thing I could think of, but I definitely think it was a missed opportunity. Yeah, because that could have even built further onto that, him needing to go home, is you have an understanding as to what's actually yeah. happening at home, yeah. yeah. I guess it's more they were concentrating on Madoka's story, not his story. He was more kind of a side one, so I guess that kind of lost out because they wanted to focus more on how Madoka was going. The best way that I can, like, I can think about like or talk about this is so you've got there's that scene where Harper gives Oka like Oka's got no plates for his, <laughs> for his karma scene. so he's like here I have one of mine sort of thing and yeah. it's like you've got to make that right choice you put it on your chest yeah. or on your back Yeah, didn't matter in the end nah. it didn't, didn't, didn't really nah. matter and that's a bit like but this is these... every little decision they have to make hmm. they got to yeah. think about I get that but are you more going yeah. to get shot in the front or the back Yeah, and a more impactful film will give you resolution to those little things yeah, yeah. That, you, that you show throughout. But yeah, yeah, I don't it's know. A different, it is a different film doing that though. Like even the scene, oh, I guess it did have a resolution, but that scene where they pull over the guy in the car in the truck with his daughter. Yeah, mm. it, was a, it was a girl, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah it was a girl. Um, and the whole time you're just like, something's going to happen, something's going to happen, something's going to happen, and then nothing happened. And mm. you kind of like, th- th- these guys must be dealing with this stuff every single day. And I know it, it gets the thing where this guy kind of obviously tells, tells them what their root is and things like that. But there's so many little things like that where you're like, what do they have to deal with? And, you know, you think you have a bad day at work, like they have an okay day at work and they've still got a chance of being killed. And mm. I, that's kind of the thing that I kept top of mind throughout it, which which makes it a very different movie to maybe what yeah. you, you were expecting or hoping as yeah. well. Yeah, absolutely. La- oh, I got one more character, the teacher. Yep. So the, the teacher was a character who I was like, okay, this guy is trying to do the right thing. He's hopeful. And again, like the way they set him up, there's the, the one scene where Harper and Oka go to the school to like deliver them some water and they just have these really awkward um, edits where they the camera goes on the face of the wife or whoever yeah. she was. Too obvious. And it's so, so obvious yeah. that something's going to happen to him because he's obviously got someone that cares for him. It's like, mm. yeah, so you knew that something was going to happen to him. He was never making it yeah. out of that movie. <laughs> Too obvious that, yeah, because the whole thing and was I think don't would, trust the Americans. Yeah, and I would have like, I probably would have, you know, when we get that shot of his body burnt upside down, yeah. that probably would have been more impactful and I would have been like more devastated if Didn't I wasn't expecting it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Uh, any other characters? I think we've gone through. Gone. So I like sorry Sergeant Chutsky too. Just Chutsky. a quick that chip guy was, in there. He was beefed up. He was. <laughs> <laughs> 
massively it's kind of the guy that at the start you didn't really like but by the end of it you're like I really like this guy yes <laughs> he was and when he died you're well, like oh, he died. Sucks. I was like oh man wait, this guy was a dick at the start and you kind of kept going you're like oh no he's, he's pretty cool oh, that's, of course he, he died well that Damn. was yeah, I, I, we can probably venture into scenes now that was yeah. one of my favourite scenes was after he died when they're sitting in their bunks and they're actually for the first, because you know they're also marching on. There's a lot of bravado around them, but mm. they're being really honest about what they should or shouldn't do. And Oka, I like the idea that Oka talks about the fight happening before they were even there with this water. Like even though we do something, these yeah. these two towns or whatever yeah, are going to keep fighting. The Sunnies and the Shiites are talking about yeah, they've just got this tension no matter what. Yeah, matter what and then and it's probably the only time you see Harper, you know show some minerals and, and, and sort of branch out a little bit where he's just like, no, this is our job. And, and the, the idea that you have tonight to be angry yeah. or sad, but then you go back to work tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, that, that scene really, really struck a chord with me because this is off the back of one person dying and the amount of people that would be dying and the amount of death and loss they'd have to deal with. That would just be an ongoing kind of event of questioning yourself or well, what are we doing? Why are we doing this? Well, we're not actually fixing anything. I think they captured it all really well. And, and that was probably the most emotion I felt in the film. And that, that's another scene where, um, you know, the Sergeant Harper, he's got, that's another thing on his bat. He's like, you know, he's still looking out for his men saying, you've got this night to, yeah. to, to debrief, relax. And yeah. There's a nice notion yeah. that. Yeah. That was a really good scene. It was really good. Mm-hmm. I, I even liked the, before that, the way up to it, where Chutsky is killed. I was really intense kind of the, under the gunfire scene. He goes and Oak is, <laughs> supposed, is supposed to provide him with the cover, but then he gets distracted by the other guy shooting. <sighs> Just that, that whole one scene. And then you kind of see like Oka's face is kind of like oh, knowing was like, oh, I was supposed to provide cover for him. Is it my fault? He's dead kind of thing. I, I thought that that whole, um, the, the firefight scene of that was yeah. really intense. It, really it good. starts off with that um, sort of that, that shot um, the headshot that the guy mm. on the rooftop gets yeah. and then yeah and even that you know when um, Chutsky is like killed they, they continue peppering with the body <laughs> keep shooting the body <sighs> yeah, yeah that was yeah that was good yeah, that, that's, that, is that that, was, and that's obviously the first time we see loss in a gunfight because there's been a few little gunfights here and there where nothing's happened yeah, yeah. and that's, that's the first, first time you're like whoa okay they're, they're killing people now yeah right? mm. anything else that stood out I've actually got a few um uh, we spoke about the opening scene that was really good um, I kind of liked as well so just just after the doctor checks out his hand the doctor was actually my IMDB from Spectral he makes an appearance no. as, as the doctor yeah. really yeah hang he, on what was he in Spectral he yeah. was Gonzalo Mendez he's kind of the leader who gets killed in that first fight with the ghosts <laughs> ah. like the, the before the credits scene no, 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 sorry. Uh, the leader with James okay. Badgedale. When, when they all go The guy in. that stands up for James Badgedale and gets uh, killed. in the truck. Him, yeah. He, he was the doctor for Matt Oka with his cast. Struth. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. So that, so after that, they kind of like sit down and all the guys are kind of like just waiting around. The guy's doing waste. The guy's watching TV. I kind of like that as a showing like, you know, these guys are just kind of have to pass the time just waiting to go to war. Um and then kind of when they get in there, that, that first kind of scene when they're going up the building and they're shooting on the roof and the airstrike comes in, that, that all, I thought that all looked really cool for the me. The airstrike scene was the only other one that I had. And I like that it, it, it sets up the difference between Oka's character and the other soldiers. Yeah. Like, he's, he's like, he's petrified up there, right? Yeah. And is, it, is he with Chutsky? Yeah. And Chutsky's just Chutsky's like, just woo! Yeah, he, he's loving it. Um, and just the whole journey of them getting up the building was pretty cool. Yeah, that yeah, kind of as, as they're going up and you see them going up. Yeah, like that real, really cool. That's when you guys said you like the start. I thought you might have meant after that bit, 
but obviously you lost you a little bit before then. <laughs> it, it lost me a tiny bit before them, and then it got me back, and then I kind of lost a bit. But I mean, there, were, there was a couple of other like the gunfire scenes were good. I think I'm not actually sure which what scene I was talking about here, but <laughs> <laughs> might be when the when the Chutsky got killed or when they're in the tank, but. I thought, like, you could really see the fear on the soldiers' faces. Oh, yeah. Like, they looked terrified, and I really believe that they were absolutely terrified. Like, a lot of war movies, you know, they're trying to be the macho guys. They're just shooting and killing. These soldiers were terrified, and you could really see. They felt almost unequipped yeah, to be in the, that the, position. The, these guys, like, were absolutely terrified, and I thought that was really good to see to see the fear on them. Mm. That was really cool. Um, and, yeah, kind of that last firefight, you know, where, where Henry Cavill goes in, they're shooting the, car, uh, shooting the guys, their car's getting blown up. You've got kind of the, the chopper come, has to come in and be evacuating them. That whole sequence was mm. really cool That's for right, me, yeah. which then led into, I think, so uh, after they've got out of the chopper and they've evacuated them, they've got the captured Iraqi, and Oak is like... He runs at him. He, yeah, he, he runs oh, at him and he yeah, starts beating yeah, up. Yeah. He, he, his emotions, I guess, from all of it have just gotten out of control. He can't handle it. He's just laying to this guy out of, you know, anger and frustration. He's changed at that point. Yeah. He's, he's a changed Yeah, man. so that, I really like seeing kind of his, his emotions just blow over and, and go at the guy. It's probably a really good point you make, MJ. That's, that could be seen as that signal, that change in him. Yeah. Because mm. prior to that, I, yeah, I, that's probably a really good turning point. Mm. And it feels real. It feels like it's not a stretch that he's done that. Mm. I liked... um. Like I, I think I said a little bit earlier on, so the locations were great, and some of the early like tracking scenes of following the soldiers running um, through areas, and you know they're throwing those color um, gas bombs sort of things to light. Like I thought that was really like nicely made, like nicely shot. Thought that was good. Um, when they finally get to you know the location where they've got to fix these pipes, there were a couple of these nice little shots where they showed on one end of the pipe was a US soldier and on the other end of the pipe was like an Iraqi local. Mm. And I thought that was nice, sort of showing them working together when so much of this film is about the distrust between both sides. Like you know, they're always like, oh, you know, children are, are carry bombs, or the Iraqis like we get killed if we if we work with Americans. So it was nice. These nice little interrupting little shots of them actually working together. Oh, I like that. I thought well, that's that was what good. they needed for success, didn't they? They needed yeah. everyone to come together. Um, Towards the end, that the that shot of the guy going to the car to get the esky, again, too obvious. No, no, no. I, I, I didn't mind that because uh, okay. that actually got me. Like I had a bit of a jump when that explosion went off. Uh, okay, that explosion looked cool. Yeah, that that really like I was like, okay, bang. It's kind of like I was off put by the guy with the esky. I'm like, why? Then yeah. then they made so many references to the food and stuff and yeah. like getting lunch and stuff. But yeah, that got me. I thought that was oh, good. Yeah, yeah, that, that actually mm. did get me. Um, I knew that was happening. We spoke about the hand scene at the start where he smashes the hand on purpose. And I was really glad that he addressed it at the end. I know it was obvious why he'd done it, but I was really happy that he sat down with Harper at the end and just discussed what had happened. That's I thought true. that was a nice little uh, wrap-up of, of his character and what he'd yeah. done. I thought that was good. And uh, as I so say, has had this thing where he's told, you're going home. He's walking down the staircase in this compound and he stops on the staircase and he looks at this broken piano, this piano that's just sitting there on the tilt and just the camera just hovered and I really like it. It was just this symbolism of, you know, the US leaving something broken and not fixing it. Uh-huh. And that, in my mind, I was like, that is that is awesome symbolism. Mm. Like just this broken piano. There, for me, there was no other reason why you just stop there and look at that piano. Yes. And I was like, he was leaving because he was so upset they couldn't fix this water situation. And yeah. his piano, he's leaving, this piano is still broken. He's leaving, the, the pipes are still broken. He didn't, he didn't really achieve much out of this. It's a great call. Yeah. So that, I liked that. Yeah, it was good. Um, I also liked, we'll say, a couple of the uh, Henry Cavill's 
finding wines. Um, just, I guess, because I also was kind of like, you know, this movie was dragging a bit for me. It was a bit, a bit dull. So I get just when they first meet him and he, he tells how he taught the translator to play poker, but he's a prodigy. Yeah. That was good. And, and, and when they're talking with the sheik and he just gets in his face, he's like, I hope you get shot and killed. <laughs> yeah. And turns to the trailer, yeah, don't translate like that. that. Just a couple of funny moments that kind of picked me up a little that bit when I was needing funny. it. He yeah. kept a straight face and smiled yeah. at him. And he said, like, <laughs> yeah. I, hope, I hope you get shot, shot and killed. And killed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I think we did a good translation there. Left a few expletives yeah. there. <laughs> <laughs> MJ, any, anything else? No, you've no, covered on mine as well, yeah. All right, so what are some things that didn't stand out to us or some things that we want to forget? I've got nothing. Nothing? Yeah. Um, so the, my main dislike for this movie was I thought a lot of the scenes just went on for too long, which I think is what you uh, liked I, about I the movie, I think that was a deliberate Yeah, it was absolutely deliberate, but it, yeah. just, it just didn't... I mean... So I think like you were talking about how nothing was happening at the start. So they arrive at the village at the 28-minute mark of the film. And besides that little cool maybe five-minute firefight a bit in the building, I was kind of like, what really happened in that first half hour that it's taken us 28 minutes to get here? And then uh, just a couple of the scenes kind of when, when they're first giving the locals water and Sergeant Harper's on the top of the truck asking for volunteers and um, the translator transing. Like, it was a decent scene, but it just, it just felt like it just went on for a bit too long. And the, the conversation with the, sh- with the sheik as well, that we just talk about that funny line, that scene as well, I just felt like they were just talking maybe a bit too long. Let's just come a bit shorter. So the, I probably didn't dislike any real scenes. It was more just a few of them just for me just went on for a little bit too long. Let's cut them a bit short. Yep. And that's, as I said, I think that's what was good about it because that's yeah. what they were trying to do and yeah. trying to show you. Because you know what? That was boring and it's probably boring for them mm. at being yeah, there. Exactly, yeah. That's probably what they were showing. It's just as a viewer for me, it wasn't yeah, yeah, my sure. kind no, of thing. Mm. Don't know why I was so into that though. Mm. What about yeah. you, Jesse? Um, the the continuous uh, references to like sex and women and food, like I get that they're frustrated soldiers and they're trying to show how they actually feel on the battlefield, but I thought it just went on and on and on. Like literally like, you know, the soldier that named the tank Pokey because it's his porn star name. And, you know, they're just these oh, lines right, like, yeah, you know, yeah. we're balls deep in Iraq and I've got, there's a few, you know, there's, there's, they find the porn stash at the palace when they get there. Um, you know, they make fun of a guy for being with a girl with polio. There's just all these little lines that I'm just like, yeah, I get it. And I get it. It's a blokey blokey sort of thing, but you can do, you can still tell the story without putting them in there. And the same with like the food, like, you know, they were talking about penne food and garlic fries and chicken. And I get, that's what they think about women and food. Cause that's all you want is a good meal and, and a good woman. But yeah, I, I, <laughs> I don't know. I just like, we get the point. <laughs> I get it. Yeah. yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, at the start, they're like talking about, you know, we don't want to destroy any mosques because it's a bad PR thing. I was like, you're giving them way too much credit. They're, they're going in apart from, um, Oka, they're all going in their gun ho. Like, <laughs> Don't know, just some some lines of dialogue that uh, yeah didn't get me. And at the start, so Oka like obviously for his hand, the doctor gives him these pills for the painkillers, the meds. And then we see another scene where he takes them again, and then that was it. It was yeah. like another one of those things where I was like, you could look at the dependency that some soldiers suffer as well by continuing mm. this throughout with his character. How much time passes do you think in this film? Um, it was like three months. It, I think it was like March to June. Or yeah, something. I think it's a, it's a few months for them to go from um, that kind of when he's a doctor to. Seeing the village, okay. I think it's getting in the village screen. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely like probably about three months. I think. Okay. Um, another line that <laughs> so Oka was uh, talking about his dad going AWOL, and then he's like, you know, he went to get a coke and never came back, so that's why I don't drink Pepsi. I was like, oh, 
<laughs> so it was just one of those corny yeah. lines of dialogue. Yeah, that was, was like, a bit. Yeah, that was a bit. Yeah. There's another thing that had no resolution for me. It was like, you know, they made this big deal about keeping the lights off for the snipers because they'll shoot or something. I'm like, the whole time, I'm like, oh, yeah, cool. Maybe we're going to see them be attacked because someone accidentally puts the light on or something. But it's like, nah. Yeah, okay. Nothing happens with that, that either. Uh, when they give the water out to these the locals, you know, this mellow music just like dropped in and it was like all this mushy sort of like, you know, they're doing such a good thing for these people by giving them water. They're the reason that the, the, the people needed the water. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, but it's such a futile job. Like they're, they're trying to, it's almost like carrying a bloody bucket with a hole in it. Like it, it, well, they never, the tank did have yeah, a hole in it. Yeah, the tank did have a few holes plenty of times. <laughs> I just that felt like you're right that was like the biggest thing they were doing and in the big scheme of things like what are they doing like yeah. that I like that the the teacher so his brother rocks up to help with the pipes and they have this drawn out scene where he's got these bags and the soldiers want to check the bags and they don't know what's going on and they're worried that he might be you know going to attack him or something and then the next scene you learn he speaks English you could have just told him a thing. I've got no explosive. Check my bag. Yeah, it's a trust issue. Though. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I mean. All these little things <laughs> that they have to go yeah. through. This is, and that's the story they were trying to tell. Which, yeah, like, well, he, he wouldn't be going there unless yeah. he was trusting him in the first place. So you could have just told him he spoke English at the so start. So, like, like, was the uh, director given a slight dig maybe at the uh, the American education system by the guys at Amazement that that he had to pay for college in America? That, yeah, like, yeah, true. Yeah. It was a nice it's idea. free. Like, yeah. of course, it's free. Why? Yeah. He's like, what? You have to pay for it. Yeah, so. true. That's good. I like that. Yeah. Now the, it's not free in Australia either. It's not, no. There's that the scene in the end where they've got, you know, Oka's in the tank and he's sort of shooting around while everyone else is sort of in their the houses and stuff. I just found that scene really, really bad. Really bad. You did not see the enemy one little bit or the attackers and just felt fake. Did he see the enemy though? He probably didn't see the That's enemy. That's what they and wanted you to think. Yeah, I get that. But to me it felt like we're on a back lot of a studio somewhere and he's just ah, okay. shooting around. It it just didn't seem real. He felt he felt completely out of his depth in war. Which are you supposed to, yeah. I guess? And the last thing, like the the end scene where Oak is being sent home, I just thought his the acting was so bad and was really awkward. I sat there and I was cringing because I was like, it just didn't didn't settle. When the when having the argument, yeah, major, major, when they major, walk, major, yeah. whatever his name, yeah, is, when he's trying to argue why he's funny game. Yeah, I was just like, oh, I just what didn't believe it. Anyway, that was me. All right, what was the film trying to say? What are some themes? What are some ideas? I think there's lots, 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 lots. Yeah. Start us off then. No, you guys, you go ahead. I want to hear what you got to say. No, MJ, give us something. For, for me, you're the themes guy, man. <laughs> for me, it's, it, it was to me, it was about purpose and and how much what they're actually doing actually shifts the dial. And if it doesn't, as a soldier, are you okay with that? Um, and Oka, by the end of it, wasn't okay with that. He was there for the wrong reasons initially, but then he realised that he could have made a difference, realised that he wasn't making a difference, and he didn't like that, whereas everyone else was kind of there just to do their job, almost clock in mm. and then clock out. So that was an interesting one. I, I can imagine a lot of soldiers dealing with that idea of purpose and what are we doing here and is it worthwhile? Um, and I don't think the film tries to answer that. I think it just says this is this is something that people go through when they're there. Yeah. Nice little, yeah, good pickup. Um, I just thought it showed a bit more kind of maybe than other war movies do on the different kind of horrors of, of war. So you get a lot of the war movies showing, you know, like it's about, you know, you could die, your mates dying and things like that. But this also showed, you know, this just an innocent village has lost their water and suddenly that town is now, you know, is in deep trouble because of a war that's going on that probably a lot of them aren't really involved in. So there's <coughs> kind of that, Absolutely. that horror and that kind of... Um, yeah, think, think from more as well that it's not just kind of the guys you're fighting and stuff. It's it can affect all these other all these other innocent people when you're not trying to. I think there was a scene where they were talking about it's like um, 
you know, they said we're scared. And it was like both sides are scared. It's not just mm. yeah, soldiers that's... that are scared. So yeah. that fits in perfectly with that, yeah. Mm. And, you know, it's again, it's another this issue of like people fighting a war that's not necessarily theirs. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I've, I've tried to, and I've, I felt this through the the scenery and the shots of the, the scenery, they tried to portray Iraq as a beautiful place. Um, and often war films don't necessarily show the locations as a nice place. They show it as like a scary sort of yeah, like run down. Run down yeah, yeah, like sort the of buildings place. are falling apart and things and, like that. And it topped it off like at the end when they're, they're driving that car and one of the soldiers goes, he goes, you know, um, as they're driving, he said, you know, it's a beautiful, beautiful country as they're just staring at them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I liked that. I thought, you know, yeah. yes, you've got this horrible war going on, but mm-hmm. they still try to show, hey, this is a nice place. I have everything that happens in this film through the lens of the writer who's a guy who's been there. Yep. And that's what makes me think that the, that's important, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, that no one knows that. Uh, one of my favourite themes that I, I like to talk about is water. <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> well, this is... This, 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 water this, water this, plays this quite, quite a big about part. Water, yeah. I, I, I could not talk about water. Uh, yep. So, there's a few scenes, quite a few scenes, where Oka's in front of this mirror and there's no water. He's wiping himself. He brush, he's wiping himself with his cloth. He's not using the water. So... He's missing what those he's helping is missing too. They don't have water. He doesn't have the water. And, you know, there's this scene where the the tank gets shot up mm. and then the soldiers like go, oh, we're going to have a shower. It's like our first chance for a shower. And they get under there and they'll have a bit of a mm. smile. And it's like, okay, there's these little respites and there's respites where they take water to the kids or they finally get a tank through and people get water. So there's, there are these times, but overall the big thing's still missing. And I just thought it was really... Um, impactful at the end when they go back to the the compound and the first thing um he sort of does is gets in the shower don't they give him mm. a bottle of water oh, he gets a bottle of water and they get downstairs yeah and then he gets in the shower and he turns the taps on and he turns them off then he turns them back on yeah. and then there's a shot just of the drain and the water just going down the drain and it's like you know he's getting what he wanted at the start which was to go home and this water is symbolizing he's going home but then there's still this these people that yeah i just thought that was a nice little uh, combination. I kind of read that last scene of him in the shower as he understands the importance of water here, and he's just watching like it disappear them as well. just use it yeah. like willy nilly. Yeah, I, and that, it's like, that's it's hundred percent it, it, right it, as well. Not, yeah, it's hundred percent right as well. They don't have to. Be I just only connected it with the other thing because I was like, why have we seen him three times in front of this mirror <laughs> where he's just wiping himself clean rather yeah, than right. using the water? Uh, I thought that was good. And you know, there's there's these things you know, help us out and we'll help you sort of thing and. There's all this fear that, you know, they're going to go, they're going to leave. And that, that's what happens. Mm, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, they got bombed. They did, yeah. <laughs> and there's always that, that, that thing too in a war movie. It's that brotherhood too, like following orders, always. working together. Yeah. 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 And I, I, I also kind of noted the dealing with grief as well, which is obviously yeah. every war film, but mm, true. I liked the way that they dealt with it in this. It was there's some nice shots of like the box of the belongings and they're just staring at the oh, box. Oh, yeah. yeah. That whole scene, that was, as I said, that was my favourite scene. Really got me. All right, we good to talk about what we took away from it. Like, yeah. Well, yeah. on that note, I, I actually maybe feel what you guys didn't feel, but I, I think there was a, a real emotional subtlety to it, and it wasn't obvious. Um, but it tried as hard as it could, I suppose, to feel like that real war experience. Um, there was a lot of nothing. There was a lot of laborious work, keeping themselves busy. But it doesn't. It didn't stop me as an audience member being on edge all the time with with, with those lingering shots that we spoke about. Every time a shot lingers in a film, you you, you think it's for a reason because you, you've trained yourself after watching so many movies that why are we still seeing this? Something's going to happen. And and he did this really well. So often where I was like, uh, it's lingering here, and it's a war film. Like something's going to pop up or blow up or shoot him. Um, so you, you never knew what to trust and how to trust it. Um, 
and you never I like that quote again when when the bullet's coming for you mm-hmm. like <laughs> I think they did a really good job of that because it was it was definitely slow I get that but it built up nicely enough to the fact that there was enough there was a bit of action there was a bit of violence and you did fear for their lives and um, all in all that was I was on edge enough to, <laughs> to, to get something out of it so um, I also think actually that the audience as an audience you want Oka to go home I felt like all along, like, I want to get this guy out of here. He, he doesn't seem like he should be there. And even when he is like, I need to stay here, I need to do this, I was like, dude, just go home. That's oh, that's how I felt. <laughs> and I actually think as a result, we get our payoff as an audience. that yeah. They send him home, even though he didn't want to go home. I'm like, I don't care, man. I need to, I need you to get out of there. So um, whether it was a safe payoff, it still felt like a payoff for me. Yeah, I'm... I enjoyed the the soundtrack quite a quite a bit in this film as well. I thought throughout, apart from the the down times where I thought it was a little bit off, I thought the mm. upbeat sort of um, um, music was good. Yeah, I would have kind of in more the intense like the battle scenes and things like yeah. that. And this probably would have been pretty good in cinema. Yeah, I think so. I think most war yeah. movies are when you got yeah. kind of the, the battles sound. and the firefight scenes yeah. and things like that. They they would always do really well in a cinema. Yeah. yeah. So Hayden, you already told us your IMDb. No, no, no. That was my oh, ID from Spectral. Ah, oh, from Spectral. Yeah. Oh, you just remembered him. Remembered I, him. I just remembered. I saw him. It's the beauty of the IMDb rule yeah. is that they just stick. I, I, I saw him in once this. Once you get him once, they stick. <laughs> who was no, who my IMDb? In, my IMDb in this was Corporal Enzo, played by Neil Brown Jr. He was the guy who was worried his girlfriend had polio. Yeah. Because I just kind of you see him and I'm like, oh, I've seen you in so many things before. So I just wanted to kind of look him up. He plays Clifford Dunner in Suits, kind of maybe a, you know, like maybe four episodes. That was where I remembered him from. But then looking through his IMDb, he's been in The Walking Dead and Fast and the Furious. So I was like, yeah, I've, I've seen you in Definitely quite a few strange. things. Yeah. Who is he in Walking Dead? A zombie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. What wasn't enough for me to, to, to write it down. It was more his, his Suits role, which I, I definitely remember him for. <laughs> MJ? Mine's a bit of a cop-out because I, I actually IMDB'd Logan Marshall Green a few weeks ago when I watched um, Spider-Man Homecoming because he was the first shocker in yeah. the shock. Yeah, that's that. right. So he yeah. was in that. And I was like, oh, who's that dude? I know him. And then I remembered that he's, he's Trey Outwood. Trey Outwood in OC. Trey Outwood. And more recently, he's in Upgrade, that 2018 film directed by Lee Winnell. Yeah. Filmed in Melbourne. Yeah, so he's super recognisable. I feel mm. like he's having a bit of a renaissance in his career the last couple of years since since the Trey Hatwood yes. days. <laughs> since Trey. Because it was pretty grim in between that. I looked up um, Sergeant Burton, dude, the Bo, oh, yeah. Bo Knapp. Yeah, that name's familiar, Bo Knapp. He was, he was in Southpool, and I've seen Southpool oh, quite okay. a few times. Yeah, yeah. He was one of the, like, he wasn't a big character. His name was John John. He was one of the guys in the background, um, Jake Gyllenhaal's character. Oh, hype character. Oh, okay. yeah, one of those hype sort of guys, yeah. So he was in it a couple of times, so yeah. Is that all? He's that was all I could remember. Like, I was like, oh, bang. Yeah, when I saw yeah. the screenshot of him, I'm like, oh, I remember you. Yeah. <laughs> That's a great movie. <laughs> it is a very good movie. All right, any questions? Anything you want I, to no, ask? No, I didn't, sorry. I, I don't, actually, no. no. Um, so they fix the bullet holes in the tank. There's that scene where they fix the bullet holes. I was worried about, what about the bullets in the actual tank? Like, would that contaminate the water? It's just a question, like a, a science-y sort of question. I, <laughs> I don't know. Desperate for water, they'll drink bullets. Yeah, I know, I know but I'm they'll just thinking water anyway. Like, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm actually not, not would sure. Would have to, surely. Like, would, yeah. like, I know they probably they don't need a show, but would they go in and get them out? Or Yeah, I don't know. I was just... That was just something I was thinking. Yeah, I don't know. Hey, <laughs> if you guys didn't like the lingering scenes, would you want a scene where they're going in fishing out the bullets? <laughs> I would, would not have liked that scene, I don't think. Would not have surprised me if they actually filmed it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's on the cutting room <laughs> yeah. floor. 
Uh, the other thing I had was I like so the title. We haven't really talked about the title. I liked the idea of the title. So Sandcastle. So I had a couple of thoughts as to what it was trying to say with the title. So the first one I was like, okay, so they've got this their compounds, this palace in the middle of nowhere. And it's like their their castle in the middle of the sand. And I was like thinking a little bit more and like it can even go a little bit deeper and it'd be like Iraq is America's toy in the sand and they're oh, building yeah. their own sandcastle in the sand and they're shaping it how they want to shape it. That's a good one. I like that. that. I don't know. Halfway through the film, yeah. I, I thought, because I thought this film was going to be a lot more of the nothing that you do at war, yeah. was going to be about the futility and stand, sitting there in the sand, just like building sandcastles. Sand like that yeah. was mm. that was the notion. But yeah. that kind of changed and I, I've gone away from that. I like, mm. I like, I like that, that theory. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I, I just like, like it, I, I sort of changed. I'm like, I'm thinking, okay, what's yeah. Anyway, that, yeah. Hmm. All right, let's uh, sort of wrap this up, I guess, and have a, a chat about our ratings. We give our films a rating out of five each week, and then we <laughs> add them up together to give an average for our um, discussion. So, yeah. MJ, MJ, yeah, go for it. <laughs> I um I enjoyed this more than I thought I would, and as I've said numerous times, I got to get inside the the character of Matt Oka, more or less relate to his experiences. Um, I was always waiting for things to happen, and quite often they didn't, but in a sense, that apprehension created what was a really proper feel of war to me. My only criticism is that I did get a little bit bored like you guys, and, and it did lack that certain emotional punch, but it was still a good watch, and it's three stars for me. Nice. Uh, I thought it had some good moments, and a lot of the cinematography I thought was really lovely, and you got this feeling of this you know isolated country that unfamiliar out and you're unfamiliar with, um, and then, like you know none of us have been to Iraq sort of thing. So I liked that it brought that alive, even though mm-hmm. it was shot in Jordan. Uh, and unlike... MJ's like of those hey, you're long to, scenes. Uh, yeah. I, I thought this film needed a really good edit. The, I, if this was a tight ninety minutes, I, this could I could have really enjoyed it a lot more. Um, it was like they had all this footage and they thought they needed to use it all, and they're like, we don't want to we don't want to cut any of it. So um, it didn't stand out for the way that lots of war films do for me. So I'm giving it a two out of five. I can understand now when my first comment was, so I had these lingering shots that I liked. <laughs> and that's why you were like, huh? <laughs> I was like, uh-oh. I'm totally, um, totally picked this differently. Heater. Um, so I, I thought this film was okay. I, I did enjoy what are the scenes, uh, particularly kind of the, the battle and firefight scenes that looked really cool. Um, and whilst kind of talking about the scenes that MJ liked, I did. I do appreciate what the director was trying to do in terms of kind of the downtime at war. That It just wasn't really to my liking. It was a bit slow and boring for me. But the film was okay. I give it a two and a half. Good. Five. All right. So what does that give us as an average out of five? It gives us an average of two and a half. Two and a half. Good. Right. Yeah. So each week we chuck a post up on social media with a question. I've taken the question this week from the... It was like the opening uh, voiceover. Uh, so the question is, can a war story be true without shame attached to it? Did you write that down immediately and go, cool, I've got the question sorted for the week? I did. I was, I was like, wow, this, that, that's a pretty good question. Like, yeah. Can you tell a war story where someone comes home and are happy with everything they've done? Oh, it'd be very hard to, wouldn't it? Very, very hard, I think. There's always yeah. shame somewhere. Yeah. So that'll be on our Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram profiles. We are at Flix Forum. We are on Spotify. We're on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, wherever you can find good podcasts, search for Flix Forum. Yeah. Give us a positive rating if you can. Next week, we're looking at the 2016 comedy Tramps. It's directed by Adam Leon, and it stars Callum Turner and Grace Van Patten. 
There you go. That's the cast list. Bang. Is that, is that better for two. you? Two. I haven't watched it <laughs> Quick yet. editing Much there. better. <laughs> <laughs> Only two. All right, so take the time to watch the film, uh, and then you can get on board and have a listen to our spoiler full episode next week. Did you say Sounds 2016? Good. 2016. Yeah, 2016. Oh, next yeah, one is. It's yeah. a bit like Imperial Dreams, where yeah. sort of, uh, Netflix have held on to it for a little bit. It's true. There you go. As we'll, usual. We'll see you next week. Yep, we'll see everyone next you week. Will. Good chat, boys. Right. See ya.